0: What is up? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am your host, Brett McGrath. It's Monday, and you know what that means. Another conversation with Jonathan. We are talking about content curation. We are talking about why we think it's important to bring people on our platform to share their point of view and perspective on the marketing landscape. Jamming a lot in this episode. Hopefully, you enjoy it. If you like what we're doing, hit that subscribe button, leave a review. Join our wait list, thejuicehq.com. Drop in your email, and we will send you our newsletter that I'm writing every week and curating. Make sure I put that in there. I'm sharing other people's stuff. Follow us at the Juice HQ on Twitter, and I am done with plugs for now. So let me kick it to the conversation. All right. Recording here, round two, just to let everyone know out there, we recorded this episode once and uh, made a mistake, uh, didn't turn on my microphone or had Zoom change it out to the wrong setting. And it wasn't going to sound good to any of the listeners. So I made Jonathan come back on as we record this on a Friday to have the conversation with me over again. But I'm hopeful that maybe we're, we're a day or so removed. So there might be some new and exciting insights uh, that we might pull from this. So thanks for joining me again here, Jonathan.
1: An episode so nice, we're recording it twice. Uh, I'm excited. I have slept since we last recorded. So I have literally no idea what we talked about. So this will be a fun adventure and seeing what happens when you uh, sleep on an idea for a few days.
0: Yeah, I, I could hardly remember too. And I was going back and I was going to listen to it and I was like, you know what, let's just start fresh. So maybe we start here because I know it, it, it's it been a uh, exciting like they all are, but busy week here at The Juice. You put out a blog post this week about prepping for The board meeting, which I thought was interesting. I've never really seen anyone talk about the preparation and share it out. So I think hopefully that was helpful for anyone who might be in a similar spot, who is a part of runs or looking to kind of reinvent their board meetings. There's a article that's on thejuicehq.com that Jonathan wrote, but maybe walk through just that experience of just like preparing and then the board meeting itself. How did it go this week?
1: Yeah, so this was our first board meeting as a, as a business. You know, I had had check ins with the high alpha partners, obviously, a ton of team meetings, but really our first kind of formal board meeting. And so I think with it being our first board meeting, a uh, heightened sense of getting it right or being prepared for it for, for me personally. So I shared with the team that I likely over prepared uh, for this board meeting. I'd rather err on that side than the other side, but you know, I likely spent more time with it and used more of the team's time than, than I hope I will in the future, but I thought it was really important to lay the foundation for, for this first board meeting. We've likely spent more time during the meeting on kind of the business updates uh, or the foundational kind of business updates. Again, just to kind of set the foundation for future board meetings, understand what the board does and doesn't want to see on a quarterly basis. Um, and then we we spent some time addressing some challenges and opportunities throughout the business as well. In the future, I hope the split of time that we spend on updates versus challenges, I, I hope we have more time for those challenges and discussions around opportunities and things, but all things considered, I, th- I thought it went really well, you know, As I was preparing for the board meeting, I tried to lean into some of my own network, some of my own research and what I had heard and learned about board meetings itself. I had participated in a lot, uh, but never led one. And uh, there wasn't just a ton out there specific to B2B SaaS startups. And so I felt like, you know, you and I talk a lot about building in public. And I felt like this was an opportunity to say, this is what I'm doing. And honestly, I don't even know if it's right yet or not, because I have yet to have the board meeting, but uh, this is the process we went through. I hope someday I can give more advice as I've learned more and more in those meetings. But if nothing else, I hope, you know, weeks from now, months from now, years from now, somebody else having their first board meeting is searching for some advice and they, they come across that. And I hope it's helpful. I laid out our kind of preparation timeline, our agendas, our materials, and uh, I hope that helps. If not, it was a good exercise for me to document and uh, something I'm sure I'll be referencing in the future as well.
0: Yeah, I think I all roads always go back to like just being curious when you're in prep mode and tapping into your networks, whether it's your personal network, your customers. It seems like those are the sources for wealth and information. And it sounds like you did that and you shared that out. So make sure if you're interested, check out that article. I'd love to just ask. I think we all when we get spend a bunch of time preparing for something and it gets it's over with and it, it goes well, we have that like sigh of relief. And then it's almost like, well, what's next, but maybe before it's what's next, we you like maybe kind of reward yourself in a way. Was there anything you did just at now that the, the meeting was over that you did personally to kind of just like pat yourself on the back and say, all right, this first one's over with, I'm going to enjoy this moment for a minute.
1: I Yes. You know, I, very briefly, so last night I opened a new uh, nice bottle of bourbon that I enjoy uh, specifically and and gave myself a, a pour or two of that. But I joked with my wife. It was like, you know, preparing for the board meeting is a full time job, at least kind of the week of the board meeting. You know, you're constantly refining, updating the deck, preparing for questions that might or might not be asked. And so I, I joked with the wife of uh, now that the board meeting was over, I had a day left in the week to do the rest of the week's worth of work, right? So uh, I, I didn't get to unplug or anything uh, too seriously. I did, I stumbled into this actually but I'm kind of taking my first vacation post pandemic, post vaccine next week, just taking a long weekend next weekend. And that was totally accidental. I didn't put together, that was the week after the board meeting. But I think I might actually make a tradition of that because it is kind of nice to have that board meeting kind of follow up on the quick action items, You know, aggregate all my thoughts, share that with the team and then get out of town for a few days and then come back and be recharged. So that might be something I uh, continue to do in the future, but we'll see.
0: I love it. Yeah. Keep the drumbeat and consistency going. Um, Exciting. Before we jump off the like juice topics uh, or juice, like company updates specifically, I do think it's important. Like part of your time, obviously when it's not been kind of aligning and running the business and preparing for the, the board meeting, you've kind of been our, talent evaluator slash recruiter slash HR and you've been kind of hitting the market pretty hard trying to find new teammates for the juice and I know there was a new addition that uh you got over the line uh this week and a new member uh joining maybe share some perspective on that process and kind of role specific and and what they'll be responsible for
1: absolutely so yeah you're right uh chro right now in addition to ceo i guess uh although i'm fortunate to have a lot of support from the high alpha hr team they've been phenomenal but uh we've been i've been running founder sales since the inception of the business i've really enjoyed that process i think we've got something that's repeatable and scalable now and uh will only be up leveled by somebody who's a sales expert right a sales professional um i'm sure they'll come in and probably laugh at the process that I think is good. Uh, and that's totally fair. That's what I want. I want somebody to tear it down and build it up better, bigger, stronger. But so looking for an account executive in the MarTech space, somebody from that I had just briefly gotten to know uh, in my network uh, in the MarTech space, uh, Kate Van Leeu. We just talked about the vision. You know, I reached out to her and said, hey, if you know of anyone, she was intrigued. And she personally was actually intrigued. So we continued the conversation there. And just so excited to bring her on board. I joked with somebody this morning that, as far as you know, our first sales hire goes, we have outkicked our coverage. Um, just so fortunate uh, to bring somebody on with a Martech experience, uh, somebody that really loves the vision, is very fired up about the vision. You know, in addition to kind of the. Uh, the typical or the official like back and forth emails, welcome to the team, that sort of thing. You know, she's texting me, asking me questions, once is hungry for more information, even before she starts. And we're just so lucky for that. And I think, you know, maybe the the best endorsement I can give that hire, and we've joked a little bit about this, She's a Cubs and IU fan. I'm a Purdue and Reds fan. Uh, And so if I could see through that, you know she she must be good. So uh, excited to bring her on board and uh, collaborate with her, you, kind of all the go-to-market efforts, and as well as the rest of the business is just going to benefit from her expertise.
0: Well, I know that my wife, being one of them as an IU grad, I know IU – basketball fans and certainly Cubs fans have a lot to talk about all of the time. So I'm hopeful that that, that energy can be pointed in the com, uh, direction of our market.
1: And if that's the case, man, there's going to be people lining up to, to talk with us about the problem we're solving. We can talk about the business banners we're hanging, and hopefully they're uh, more recent than IU's basketball banners. And that's that's the end of the IU basketball conversation on this podcast.
0: Yeah. And every, every uh, Hoosier out there, just hit unsubscribe that
1: was <laughs> listening
0: to the podcast. Okay, so let's jump into the actual topic of... Uh, I was thinking about it and it was just like, man, we've been growing this marketing. We've been building this brand. And the reason why this is happening so quickly is because we're using our platform to allow other people in our space to come in and talk about their thoughts and what they're doing. I think, one, this helps networking. This helps build relationships in, in the market. I think two, it helps inform kind of our content or our messaging and positioning, um, get that validated, maybe use something they say in some of our own copy. Uh, And and then just three, I think, you know, there's opportunity in all of these connections and conversations to eventually maybe find people that are future customers of the juice. Um, We just dropped, this is Friday as we're recording this, on Friday, we dropped an episode with, Margaret Kelsey, who's the Senior Director of Marketing at uh, OpenView, she, if you haven't already, go back and listen to that episode. This is the primary topic that we talk about is just content facilitation. But it makes a lot of sense to me in our early stage. It's working. I'd love to, Jonathan, maybe get your perspective on just like this topic and this idea of just like, we've got this brand that we're building. We've got this stage. We've got this Audience that's coming in, and we're not trying to be the only ones talking about what we're doing, but bringing other marketer, marketers in the space to help validate or share their story. I'd guess just off the top, like, what are your thoughts on this idea of just content facilitation?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I feel guilty talking about this. This is a lot of your hard work and efforts and kind of your vision for this program, but it is such a cheat code for business of our stage. I, and I would encourage you know, I, there's oftentimes debate about, you know, how much and when should a business start to really invest in marketing? We are over indexing on marketing very intentionally at this stage, uh, compared to most businesses. That's because we're selling marketing software to marketers. So we feel like we need to be a good example of marketing in our space. And, um, so very intentionally from, you know, the business onset, that's something we've set out to do. And, It is just paying off, you know. It's allowing us to punch up a weight class in terms of brands we're collaborating with. We get to lean into those brands, and they get to help share our message. We get to help share their message. It's very mutually beneficial from that perspective. Um, It allows us to test messaging, see how things resonate. You know, if we need feedback on something, we've got a network of people we can send it to and get feedback on from you know our actual buyer persona. It just it's been a cheat code for us. And it's something that, you know, I I think two, three, four years from now, when we look back at uh, this business and some of the early success we had, I think the the juice use case and the juice lesson that we'll be able to share with the world is we invested in marketing early on. We collaborated with brands that we aspire to be like early on. And that that accelerated our path to being one of those brands.
0: Yeah, I uh, definitely uh, like fire emojis on all of those points. The I get the part to me that I'm trying to figure out is why aren't most companies doing this? I think my observations of jumping back into B2B marketing is that it is open source. There are these communities that exist via Slack, marketing Twitter is like nonstop, twenty four seven. There's all of these other avenues and platforms to connect and meet marketers like this these are how links are being shared. These are how relationships are developing. And it just makes sense when you're reading people's content and their point of view and you DM them and you make the connection to be like, hey, we work in the same industry. Like I'm doing this podcast or I'm doing this video. Like I'd love for you to come on and share your point of view. To me, like it's just opening up your phone and looking on Twitter. And it's like, wow, like this is what we should be doing is making these connections. But I think There is such a large segment of marketers that are kind of stuck in this old way of just, you know, let me sit behind my keyboard and pump out a bunch of articles and share our point of view and share our thoughts when it should be like, well, what if we started collaborating? So maybe like, why why do you think everyone's not doing it at this point?
1: The simple answer is it's hard and it takes some work and it takes breaking some habits. You and I talk a lot about like the old school B2B marketing tactics and solutions are all very like marketer centric, all very focused on from the marketer's perspective, like me, me, me. And I think this is a perspective change on like us and we, and how do we collaborate with the community? I feel comfortable saying that I was one of those people. I think I've shared this story with you before where at Springbuck, my previous employer, man, we kicked around the idea of a podcast for the entire two years that I was there. And it was always like, ah, we don't know how to edit it, how to do it professionally, how to promote it. Like there's a lot of work, right. And it was always just like, oh, we can just keep doing blog posts, keep doing white papers, et cetera. And then entered the juice, started the juice and, um, hired you who had a lot of podcasting experience. I think in your second week, you started recording podcast episodes, like you just went and figured it out. And, uh, like, it's not that hard. <laughs> like, it's uh, it just takes some effort to start and then build momentum that way. And then it, it, it's a habit-breaking exercise as well, just like, like we've talked about. Like, everything in B2B marketing is built for the marketer, and this is more about your community and your audience. And uh, it's a flipping perspective that takes some energy and effort.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we... It, the 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 nice part about it is it makes me feel it's it's almost therapeutic and it makes me feel vindicated because we've talked about this that I I believe the most important thing outside of content facilitation that we could be doing as B two B marketers is just being consistent and with the consistency you've got to be patient and that means being consistent with your your message and what you're sharing to the market. We have talked a lot about old versus new in our blogs, on the podcast, in the newsletter. And it's, we're doing that intentionally because we believe, based on these conversations that we're all having with the market, that there are two areas. People that are progressive, that are not focused on lead capture and getting a bunch of uh, low quality leads over to the sales team but the there that that's kind of the old segment and then the new segment is these these brands that are so focused on producing high quality content with other people and there's no barriers and they believe well my my audience listens to Spotify all day and my audience watches Netflix at night like this is their expectations of content so why wouldn't we just do that? It'll help build our brand. So it's like, we, we have felt we're hearing that. And so we're habitual with being consistent with our message uh, about that. And so I think just that, that to me has, has really shined through, but like we wouldn't I would never have this validation on what we are saying and these ideas. If I weren't, working with other marketers and facilitating this content and collaborating with them.
1: Yeah. It's cathartic, right? Like I think, uh, specific to the B2B marketing space, like we've, we've met individuals who have some pent up energy, we'll call it, we definitely won't call it rage because it's certainly not that, but, uh, they certainly have some energy, uh, that they've come to rant against this old school B2B marketing and, I think it is cathartic and they know they've been guilty of some of this in the past and they know it needs to change. Uh, they're not sure how to do it on their own. So they get to plug into this community that all wants to do it together. And, uh, I hope we can be part of that movement, not only from our product, but also from, uh, our community. And that is, uh, that's the coolest part of this to me.
0: Yeah. And so that I feel like I, I'll never not think about this now. It's when I'm having these intro conversations my like big moment in these conversation is like hey when i'm talking hey we've got this podcast hey this is what it's about usually what i like to do is 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 gather topics from people that are from the from the the guest and i want to talk about things that are passionate uh, that you're passionate about and like one of these overarching topics that we talk about is the fact that b2b marketing is broken like what, like, what are your thoughts on that? And like, when I do that on an intro call, it's like rage against the machine should be like playing in the background because it's like nonstop. And I'm like, that's my, like, if, if, if I, if I ask you for an intro call for a podcast, like my measuring stick there is like the response to that because the good conversations are going to go on rants forever. And it's because like people care and those are the people that are passionate and those people like want to see change. So I think it's fun as like someone who's helping facilitate content, it's fun to, to, to not only uh, get confirmation on like the story that we're telling, and, but then also take those takes and present them back to our audience and just like build momentum around these ideas.
1: Yeah. My, one of my favorite things to do uh, in discovery calls that I was having pretty early on was, you know, I'd ask, you know, what, what's, what's the biggest pain point as it pertains to your content marketing And uh, that was, you know, they'd say, oh, like distribution's really hard. And I'd say, great. And I'd go to the next question. I forget who it was that told me, but it might've been Egan on the high alpha go to market team. But he was like, always ask a follow-up question on the pain and like try to get that visceral reaction to the pain point. And so that's, that's now my, my, my habit is I ask what their pain is. And I, I, I will not move on from pain until I have asked two follow-up questions And then you start to get to the like real core of that pain and you start to get those emotional reactions, those rants, those people fired up about changing the way things are. And that's when I know we struck gold and I I need to introduce them to Brett to have them go on air and uh, rant or rage against the machine.
0: We've gotta I mean we're, we're we're letting all of our cards out here. We're telling you what we're doing. Like Jonathan has a call. he hears you say something. he tosses them over to me. I find someone who wants to hear about what we're doing. I toss it over to Jonathan. I think it's just fun though it's it's uh, what we're doing right now is uh, we believe is is helping fill in and serve a need in the market and hope propel some marketers who are stuck in you know 2010, 2012 into 2021 and and it's in most cases, and maybe we close with this and get your your perspective on this in most cases what I find it's not necessarily the marketer the marketer knows that what they're doing is out of date, but it's this the, the uh, institution that they're they're operating in and I think like, It's it's the it's the the marketer that has to do certain things because the the upper management VPs, CMOs have been successful doing things those ways for for so long. So I don't want to generalize and just say like B2B marketers are broken. It's more like just the structure of B2B marketing. And I think that's why so many content marketers I speak with are getting satisfaction by going and freelancing in their spare time so they can maybe uh begin to get a, a taste or a feel for what it what it's like to work with a company that's that's a little more progressive.
1: Yeah. I mean the solutions that have been built for B2B marketers have made it easy for them to kind of fall into that trap or those habits we talked about earlier of you know, generating leads, capturing leads. And uh, I mean, if you think about that, even just saying it out loud, like capturing, like what are we doing that like, we we're talking about other humans on the other side of that content and we want to capture them. Like there's just consumer expectations, consumer technology, consumer experiences have all improved so much that we now need to meet those expectations as B2B marketers. And we're having a lot of fun finding B2B marketers who believe in that. And uh, behind the scenes, we're having a lot of fun building a solution that's going to help B2B marketers achieve that. And uh, we're going to have a pretty awesome community to roll it out with when the thing's ready to go.
0: If you are a B2B marketer and any of that resonates, you know where to find us. You can just hit us up at the Juice HQ on Twitter. You can DM me at Indy McGrath. If you're listening and you got some ideas and passionate takes, like let's get connected. Jonathan, the weekend is around the corner. Well, yeah, as we record this, the weekend is around the corner. It'll be Monday when people listen to this. Anything you're doing just after the board meeting, I'm. What, is, there, is there some golf going on this weekend? What's happening?
1: There is, there's always golf going on in the weekend. And I'm doing some uh, yard work this afternoon, this evening. That is, I, I really like yard work because I unplug. I, it's very like, there's a very clear beginning, a very clear end, which as we all know, a lot of times in our day-to-day, there's not a lot of that. So it will be good to escape and do that and then get some golf in this weekend. And as you're listening to this, we're rested and recharged and ready to have another big week and share the vision with some other marketers who are ready to change the game.
0: Awesome stuff. All right, everyone. Thanks for checking out the episode. We'll talk to you soon. How are you thinking about bringing other people on your content platform, whether it's through a podcast, maybe it's sharing their stuff, on social, or in your newsletter, I think it's more important than ever to stand out, to not just share your point of view, but share other people's as well. And that's what we're trying to do here on the 3C Podcast. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. Tell me how I'm doing with the review. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I'll be back on Friday with another conversation with a content marketer that matters.